We there yet? We there yet? The podcast with Rich Kiamko. Ah, that's me. Okay, and we're back. We're here live at the Harborside Atrium for part two of the Sixth Borough Comedy Festival WTY podcast. We there yet? I'm Rich Kiamko, and I'm here with three, the other three finalists. I'm here with Gianmarco Sorezzi. I'm here with Sagar Bats, and I'm here with Willie Mack. Yeah. Awesome. You guys killed it last night. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, just to recap for our listeners, there were 30 comedians competing in the stand-up, comedian, uh, stand-up category of the Sixth Borough Comedy Festival, and they were all seen by judges and reviewed and given notes and these you guys made it you and you all were amazing i was like i felt like a proud mom who did nothing for you <laughs> but took all all the credit so uh gian marco Sorezzi, how do you feel how did you how did you feel about your set oh generally terrible but that's how i feel about most sets so yeah there was one moment that i remember where it didn't quite land and that's all i've been so thinking all you about think since. about is that moment yeah, that's Nothing all I took else away. happened. Because I saw you, and when you finish, you do a bit where there's like this orgasmic moment. Yes. And I, had, I wasn't even listening. I was trying to manage, and, you were, and I started having orgasm, passively listening to you have your fake orgasm. Once, once I got, I get a couple Instagram messages after a show, and a, a woman wrote, oh, uh, hang out with me, I'll make you come much harder than that. And I was like, <laughs> how could I possibly? That was a one-minute act-out orgasm. I would die if it got any more intense. Um, so, yeah, it's a fun finish for sure. <laughs> Sagar? It was uh, a pleasure, I, to be honest. And, and you're right about the mom thing. I really felt like you were a protective mom. Right before my set, you really gave the crowd a nice talking to. There were some talkers in the back. And I really enjoyed uh, watching you laying the smack down on them. And then I got to have that audience. And it was right. nice. I mean, you know... Festivals are sometimes a mixed bag. I, I, I've done a few, and, and I, I hadn't done this one before. I mean, I know you, and I, I've been a fan of what, what I've seen. And, but I've gone to some festivals where you don't know what the hell the show's going to be. And, and this was awesome. It was a packed house, and uh, I had fun. Yeah, I mean, they, they, by the time you were going up, it was, it was like the third. Was it the third round? People start, you know, they were rowdy, rowdy, rowdy. Okay, a little bit too yeah. much liquor. Fuck, come back. The show's over here. But they right. still, they, you, you killed it for them, so... It was, so good, it was great. Yeah. And then Willie, how did you feel? You were amazing. Oh, uh, thank you. No, the the show was cool. I I liked. At first, I was a little nervous because it was a little rowdy in the back. Yeah. But then towards maybe halfway through, people started actually listening. Right. Which was kind of cool. But I'm editing up on stage as I'm going, anyways. Like I, I had a, a direction that I wanted to go, but then I kind of felt out some of the audience members' re- reactions because I have. My, I mean, my, my stand-up's about my life, so when you see shocking reactions from different people in the audience, I'm like, okay, so I'm going to direct most of my set towards these folks that I can see. Right. And, uh, but, but it felt good. It felt good. Right. So I was very nervous. On, on the way, I had to go to the bathroom before the sh- set, and I was going, and this, there was an older man. He was walking very slow. Oh, and yeah, I started, yeah. I started, it was rude, but I really had to go. I started edging. <laughs> Asked him, and he he said, "I'm going at my own pace." And I said, "I and I I normally don't talk about bodily things, but I said I'm going to shit my pants. I'm just telling you, I'm going to shit my pants." And he let me go. But then when I went up, he was fucking right in the middle, front row, 
And so I like just like I cannot look at him because I just he knows too much about me. I'm fine with people seeing me come on stage, but pooping is a whole different thing. So uh, it's a different yeah. website. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I just had to avoid. Occasionally, if you know someone there, it's like when parents come. You just like I just don't want to see. Right. I mean, also I try to avoid talking to the audience before the show. Because if something happens or colors it and you're like, or sure. I have to be really nice, but also I don't want to have a connection to them because I might want to roast you or yeah. snark mm, you. Sure. And if I helped you with your, I don't know, with your chair and oh, have a nice time. Uh, and I'm still hosting, but I'm like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want, people were introducing me to their friends. I'm like, I don't want to meet your friends. Okay. I said, it's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'm going to pretend I don't know you when the show starts. Okay. <laughs> and I just, because I don't, I don't want to have to block myself from a relation, right? For sure. First, the first time I ever headlined, my parent, my mom came and I told the host, I was like, just don't talk to her because if I talk about my, so much shit about my mom in the set, if people know she's there, they start going like, oh, and then they look and then they see if she's okay. And he, he, he'd never met her and the first person he talked to no. was her. And no. she, luckily, she said like she's a Pilates teacher and he knew, so she, he moved on before he said it. Okay. But I was watching from the back like, no, please, dear God. 15 minutes just... Making fun of my mom. It would have been a disaster. Yeah. Well, and then he, did he ask her, like, why are you here? Are you friend? Like, and then if, he re if she revealed that, oh, my son's one of the comics, that, that, that's the moment of fear. I yeah, think, on me. a lineup with three with one other woman. And, he's and why the other is she guy. sitting in the front? You should have told her. Like, I, yeah, she likes to. I don't mind. I, I don't mind her seeing it. Though if I do see her not laugh at something, I'm like, come on, fucking hey, mom. Yeah. So I don't I don't like parents there in right general. There? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. You, no, she's just another lens crafter's customer. Yeah. Like you are. I don't like how I have my siblings there. That's cool. But parents, no thank you. In general. Sagar? What was the question? Parents? Do you like parents there? Yeah, my mom came once. I was uh, on a good show at Caroline's and uh, you know, I she doesn't get me at all as a person, let alone as a comedian, but I, she enjoyed that I did well. That's, that was her way of enjoying it. They enjoy the see, applause. They say, oh, he's enjoying doing Enjoying well. seeing her son getting applause and recognition and being the center of attention. That, right, that really right. made her proud. And then she made some Indian snacks that I went home with. She handed me a, 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 a quite crappy-looking piece of tinfoil folded up. It had some Indian uh, whatever. I don't even remember what it was. <laughs> And so I had that in my back pocket throughout my That's set. So, nice. so yeah, she was. Yeah. She doesn't see you, but she feeds you. Yeah, yeah. She was. She <laughs> mail. Like she used to, She once mailed me grapes when I was in Australia. Grapes. Just, yeah, put grapes and like a bunch of other Indian snacks into like a. But I remember the grapes because that's why. They went bad, and then the customs had to open it. Were they, they raisins like, by the time they got? Yeah, to? I, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were just. I didn't even get them because that part was confiscated. They just sent me like this dilapidated box with a couple things still intact. Well, the oh, dogs, so sniffing sweet. dogs, were like, yeah, "Hey, what's yeah. that?" Yeah, but I, you know, those are the things I'm going to miss when when uh, these things. Uh, these <laughs> this is getting very dark. I, I think a lot about mortality, and my and, and I've had a lot of, of love recently open up for my own mother, despite wow. a little bit of a thorny upbringing, and and just yeah, the idea that one day she will not or I won't be around. You know, you have to get your own either way. Well, so <laughs> she was she really strict. I mean, I come from a brown family. Yeah. I mean, so there's sure. a lot of physical abuse. That was supposed to be loving, but like I came, I'm not doing this because I was loved and seen. Right, right. right? I do this because it's a way that I found to be seen. Yeah, so, seen is such a great word because I, a lot of times it's like, no, I was, they loved me and, and, but 
They didn't. I didn't get hit. I, I was fortunate, and, and I'm sorry for that. Uh, sorry Lazy. For, sorry for hitting you. What's wrong with your parents? <laughs> uh, Someone needed to beat your parents so they would beat you. Yeah, there were times where I, I was like, man, I wish my fucking dad hit me, because then my relationship to him could be clearer. I could just hate him. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I love it. But, but he beat me to be clear. There was this emotional kind of uh, current, uh, and and from my mom, I always looked at her as well. She's always showering me with love and affection, and. No, she's not to blame at all. But then, you look. Yeah, being seen is important because a lot of it is she. She didn't necessarily see me for who I was. She was looking through her own filter of right what, what, of expectations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like to think of it as I was like her drug. Uh, you know, I needed to be this cute little adorable thing. You know, and now I have. I do that to people in all my relationships. I, I I've done a lot. Of, I, I had to stop myself from doing baby talk and making. Uh, little pets out of people. You know, I had oh, my, wow. my best friend in uh, <laughs> fourth grade, this kid, uh, Yao Chang, Chinese guy. I remember uh, I really enjoyed like kind of squeezing his face together and like, because it was really cute, his face. And you would squeak, because that's what you were... Let's delete was... that from the podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I safe safe space. Face. All of you is welcome here. It's as if he was a little baby, you know? And I, I just remember... Do you squeeze baby's face? And well, how did he I react? Just, yeah, it was just so cute, you know? And how did he react? He just had such smooth... And after a while, he was just like... I, I, he just kind of <laughs> took it, you know? He didn't... Once he hit his 30s, he was like, you got to stop this. <laughs> I wish I could... Uh, I want to find him and, uh, you know, squeeze apologize. Him one last <laughs> Give him one last squeeze and then apologize. <laughs> one last squeeze, closure. Yeah. Squeeze, <laughs> squeeze waterboarding. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, where, 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 where did we get off on talking about uh, parents? Do you like your parents to see the show? <laughs> I love that you said yeah. your your mom sends you Indian snack like <laughs> grapes, as if grapes isn't a snack for like most cultures. Sure, sure, yeah, uh, yeah. the old Indian grape, <laughs> yeah, the whole Indian touche. But are they like? Like grapes that are soaked in turmeric or something, or curry grapes, yeah, curry, curry grapes, grapes. <laughs> grapes tikka masala, <laughs> grape masala. <laughs> My parents have never seen me perform. They won't come to a comedy show. Really? Are your really? parents very conservative? Very conservative. I grew up. Uh, I'm a preacher's kid, and my dad. My dad's a Trump supporter. And wow. so, yeah, black guy that's a Trump supporter. I should, have, I should have say your parents white. <laughs> I was adopted. <laughs> no, I mean, wow. So, so and they know so they're my, like their own kind of unicorn, like a red unicorn. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> they are. They they um they are supportive in the sense that they don't mind me doing it, but they're like your humor is not for us because they know I talk about I talk about them a lot as well. Like my dad, for example. Very southern guy asked me if I was gay because he saw me eating the avocado. Like that's the type of stuff. Wow. I, How were you eating it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Was it during brunch in a tight t-shirt and yeah. hot pants? Shirtless. So, it was, but it was weird because he was like, "Yep, that's how it starts." And it's Wait, like an avocado. How is eating an avocado gay? Because a lot of things. Because they see me. I'm 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 in L.A. And so things that are new to them, they think that it's some L.A. stuff and they're like, uh, they, it's weird how they associate these type of things. Like, he'll see it and just be like, oh, that's, like I said, like he said, that's how it starts. And I'm like, that's how it was. He's like, you move to L.A., you start getting into acting, you're not eating avocados. Before you know it, 
Well, you're wearing skinny jeans, Step too. Three. See, <laughs> that gay. doesn't bother him. The really? <laughs> he doesn't care about skinny jeans. I'm gay and I don't want to wear skinny jeans. <laughs> Makes me homophobic. Yeah. Do you, you want them yoga. to see you? Like, would you, would you like them to watch, to see them laugh at your jokes? I invited them one time. I was picking them up from uh, the LAX. I'm like, I got a show in an hour. I'm like, come with me. They're like, at first they were like, okay. But then as soon as they landed, like, I'm, they must have talked about it. It was like, nah, just take us to the hotel. And it's like, oh, ugh, that's so wow. shitty. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wow. That's tough. My what? mom would probably go, but uh, she wouldn't go without my dad. It's, have you watched my, clips of you online or anything? My dad has seen clips. But my, I, I have a very interesting backstory. Like, my dad's been a pastor for 25 years or whatever. But in the 70s, my dad used to uh, distribute heroin and LSD from Los Angeles to Seattle. That was his territory. He was a big-time drug dealer in so the 70s. he was 70s. a drug dealer, then he became a pastor. Then he became a pastor. Was that part of his like, awakening? He found God to stop doing drugs? Or what? he still does drugs, but he's also a pastor. No, no, no. He's here no, no. covered he, to he's be a meth. pastor. He's a Methodist. <laughs> he's a Methodist. No, so the, the short version of this story, my dad was on his way to Oakland to kill someone. And uh, yeah, <laughs> wait, rewind. Your dad was off to Oakland to kill someone. He was off to Oakland frame to kill that. somebody. And uh, I guess some, somehow my, one of my uncles who are who are in the Midwest and are down south, they got into some trouble, end up not going to kill them. My dad used to like listening to church sermons while he was high. So uh, he's like, they, they just sounded like cool bedtime stories to him, I guess, for whatever, what are just stories. So one day he was uh, he said he was getting high. And this pastor came in and like surprised them or whatever. And he tried to hurry up and put the blunt out or whatever. And um, the pastor was like, hey, you know, Jesus is going to come back like this one day. Surprise, blah, blah, blah. So he started going to church, met my mom. And uh, boom, boom, boom. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. Then they voted for Trump. Then they voted. Yeah. <laughs> they voted for it's Trump. almost a beautiful story. It was a beautiful <laughs> story. It was this Dark close. <laughs> Until they deported themselves. <laughs> they send themselves all back to Africa oh, or wherever God. they're supposed to go, wherever they're told yeah, to go. Make him try an avocado. That seems like a, a worthy task. Now, wait. So the avocado, were, did you just take it and try to place it inside your body without cutting a, it open? Like, what were you doing with this avocado that was so gay? No, it's just that because it's different. That, that, yeah, that, I, could, I could see that. I could see him calling like yoga gay or meditation oh, gay. What are the straight that? fruits? I mean, all is it just apples and straight, bananas all day? What are straight tropical I'm trying to find foods. this photo of my Kiwis dad. Kiwis would be called gay, uh, I imagine. Sure. Kiwi probably. Not bananas, no, oranges, or apples. But They're like, safe. But like, like a fig. Gay. <laughs> Unless it's a Newton. <laughs> right? Is it figs gay? might not right. be gay. Yeah. Figs are in the Bible. Unless it's a Nabisco don't look, don't look processed sorta, food, don't they, it's gay. Don't, don't, but don't figs sort of look like... What do I know? They look sort of like a vagina when you slice them? A little? <laughs> yes, I've always... I'm trying to find this photo. Like, my dad sends me pictures of avocados. And I'm like, does this do anything for you? Like... Wow. This, yeah, my dad is a very interesting So your dad's man. like snarking, bullying you with avocado picks. He's always been like this. So I've, I've developed a very So that's how he loves you. He does like emotional abuse, right? <laughs> emotional abuse. Yeah. I guess you can look at it like that, but my family, like even with my uncles, have always been very just like harsh and just like... So, uh, so, so male, so this, cause we have a whole spectrum here. So uh, you guys like males demonstrating affection was for you, negging an avocado snark. And then so did your dad, your dad was ambiguous. Didn't touch you at all. Never hugged you. No, he hugged. We, I mean, we, we both had a tough time communicating. I mean, I, 
I mean, I wasn't in touch with my feelings to begin with. Right, but I think it's also he modeled was, for you as a child. It's not like you came set up and then why can't I figure out how to exactly, express my feelings? Exactly. My dad never showed it to you. Right, now, right. But Gianmarco, you talk about like, you like deep kiss your father in public. I did not deep kiss my father <laughs> in public. <laughs> I'm sorry, deep we Italian, Italians, we kiss. No, we, he was very affectionate uh, and very loving, but self-centered and depressed. When he comes to comedy shows, he will always like have like notes or ideas or some kind of joke that he wants to do someday. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like that axe bit, he told me, he was like, you need, you need to make that, sh- that orgasm thing shorter at the end. It's very vulgar. And he's not, and he's, he's a vulgar guy, but I was, so now I make it twice as long just to rebel. <laughs> just but he's just one that he always just has notes and thoughts. And I honestly think when he goes to a comedy show, he feels uh, demasculated by me doing well. Mm. Because, because you know, when you're doing well as a com- comedian, you just like get a swagger to you. It's just, it's a, it's a primal thing. Yeah. And I think right. he's like, doesn't like that. Well, because he wants to be the alpha alpha, right? I think so. He's so, yeah. used to that dynamic. I mean, I get that with my brother was is two years older than me, mm. and he was like the super tennis. Like, he's still ranked, you know, nationally as a tennis player. Well. But like I opened for, you know, some celebrity, and he couldn't stop snarking about it and making him, Rich is open for Melissa Gilbert. He's open for Melissa. I'm like, shut the fuck. But I understood, like, instead of fighting him and going, oh, he can't handle that. Even I, with the different fields, it's yeah, like. It's not, even, it's not even a parallel. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. He could not support me. Wow. So like my he, sister's a dancer and she was going to be on SNL. And then like last second it fell through. Like while they were rehearsing on stage, it fell through. But like, and I, of course, when she called, I was just like, that's great. That's great. But inside it's like, oh shit, my younger sister beat me to SNL and she's a decade younger. It's there. Mm-hmm. Right. And I right. think you just have to acknowledge it's there. Have a therapist to kind of bitch and moan. And you just have to push being positive with the people. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a humanness to feelings of jealousy and anger at someone else's success, but to be on the receiving end of it when it's your own father, that's fucking tough. Sure. Right, right. And my dad, we were, I was at the airport, and my dad had said, Richard, I've been watching you on YouTube. You're so comfortable now. <laughs> that's so nice. It was like, and I was like, I said at the time to my this guy I was with at the time, I'm like, uh, I don't know what to do with that. He's like, just take it. I'm like, I don't know. I've never had that from my dad. I just like, you are not my father. Yeah. Why can't you just beat me like you always did? I don't understand like you loving me this way. Wow. I wow, we went deep. That, I've never been jealous of being beaten by my father. <laughs> oh, man, I wish my dad be. Yeah, well. it's true. Did you? So you? How did you? How did your dad discipline you? He just shamed you and snarked you. Did he? No, no. I definitely you? got. I definitely got ass beatings. Like, but I never. I don't know. I never really looked at it as a, abuse, though. Like, cause I hear only like, when the cops come, right? Yeah, until the cops come, it's not abuse. Like, but no. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> but no, it's just that I don't know. I, I fucked up, and I guess I guess as a younger kid, I just associated. If you steal, you're going to get your ass beat. Like, that's what you did. If you got this, that's what was going to happen. But the, uh, I don't know. I never, I never looked at it as abuse until I got older and started telling people. And there's like, oh, there's some deep-rooted <laughs> issues. Or you're, that's dark. Or that's abuse. And I was like, oh, snap, is it? Like, like, <laughs> I just never put one, two and two together. Like I just that. thought it was like, you know, 
tutoring me for math. I'm going to get better <laughs> at math if you just beat me when I don't do it. Right. That's what five divided by five was. Thanks for beating my ass, Dave. You want to solve for think. X? I will. I promise. Just put that thing down. Are we all in therapy? Uh, are we all in therapy? Yes. Yes? Yeah. No. I want to no. go, but I'm too scared to go. Really? You, I'm going to be honest with you because you know that's not a big thing in like the black community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I hear therapists, is, I guess... Growing up, it was always like a, almost like a sign of weakness. They're like, oh, you're going to go talk to someone about your feeling. And like, as I'm older now, I'm, I'm be, yeah, LA has softened me maybe some. And now you have <laughs> you all your friends. eating. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I, I stopped see my shooting friends. My, I stopped shooting people on the way to my gigs. Yeah, and, which is very helpful. But it's like, um, I see my friends talk about therapy and it's like, it's helpful. And it's like, I'm like, I want to go to therapy. But I, it's like, I don't know, I'm a, maybe a little scared or I don't know what the first step. Like, I almost feel like I wish I had somebody to hold my hand. Like, come on, yeah. Willie, go, let's do this. No one needs to know, like, or whatever. But it sounds helpful. Is it? Yeah. yeah. You, you can do you like can a group even... therapy thing and ask someone to hold your hand for the first time. Oh, it's great. I think I mean, it's, it's always different. I mean, some people have bad therapists starting out. Mm. It's not like scary, though. They don't like, they don't force you down any dark alleys. It's very much, at least with most therapists, it's kind of you drive the, the, the ship or the car and you, they steer you yeah. and they kind of just prod right. and are there. It can be very non-committal in the beginning. You don't have to go with the first person you get an appointment with if you're not feeling it, you know, and if, if you're afraid, if it's just too uncomfortable in general, then yeah, you, you don't have to revisit it for another six months or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. and then they recommend shopping around. Yeah. Right? You've Having done a couple appointments. Oh my God, I've done... I have a therapist since 93. I've got men's groups. I've got Ooh. circles. I've got Same like, therapist since 93? Yeah, yeah. Wow. How, yeah. Old, how old is your therapist? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I just think about, I've only been mine for like four years, but I sometimes be like, what happens when she retires or dies? Uh, it's like, it's such a, it's such a, a incredibly deep relationship. I mean, I've right. talked to this person for right. four years. Right. And like a, a lot of history would be gone. Yeah, How long you've been it, with your current therapist? I would say seven years now. And yeah. it, it's this yeah, balancing act between there's a benefit to having this much of a shared experience and history together. She knows me so well, weighed against, well, would it be useful to bring in a fresh perspective? You know, like sure. an NBA right, right. team getting mm. a new coach just to have a fresh set of eyes. It's like, right. have I already downloaded what she has to offer? You know, and right now I'm not sure. I, I took a little bit of a break from seeing this. Or I... I shifted to a part like on a need basis so if i'm having a rough week i'll go see her but i don't have the regular appointment anymore right. it seems so crazy to start over with someone to be like all right sit down we need to i need 10 hours to catch you up on like here's what all my shit well, i know is. like yeah. what there's the startup cost for sure but maybe there's a benefit I don't yeah know. Right. i don't know i mean because i thought of it because it's his rate he's got a it's funny because now i'm running to people like oh you should check out this book deeper dating it's my uh i know that book that's my therapist <laughs> yes your therapist oh my god and no one can get an appointment because he's already like you know got a pot he's you know not like super like a Dr. Phil, but he's like oh, successful, okay. you don't right? Give up that yeah. slot, huh? You don't want to give up that slot, right? Yeah. So, but I, I, I have a yeah, anyway. But it's you know, the person has all this data. I mean, I have other. I have like my men's group. They know me. They've followed me in the last two years. We meet every week. They hear my story. I've, I've baseball bats and role play and kill my oh, dad, yeah. kill my mom, all that stuff. Whoa, you know, role play well, murder. Yeah, well, just you're killing off the messages you get that you've been carrying that aren't real. That you were given. 
I mean, why do you think I, I mean, we do comedy to transform like the story for people? Because you know, we all do that with our yeah. Pain. Then, then they get in touch with that rage that we've been ignoring or not right. even aware why, of. I mean, for me, that's why I'm funny because there's so much rage under something I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. You guys, we we're not here to talk about puppies and kittens and hugging. We're talking about either why we were shamed out of that or <laughs> why we shouldn't do that or stand why an avocado been, is so gay. That's, stand-up has been my therapy because I don't know how else I would have been able to unravel the fact that, like, like I say in my stand-up, I knocked up a lesbian the first time I had sex in high school. Very first time. And it's like all these things is just... I don't know who else to tell this shit to. So, <laughs> therapist. <laughs> that's not a bunch of strangers. A bunch of strangers with a two-drink minimum. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm scared to give feedback. That's like my, my friend is he's like running. That's my therapy, which is like saying sushi. That's my haircut. It's like there's this <laughs> go to a real therapist. I, I didn't do it for a long time because my parents had therapists forever. And I was like, well, clearly this doesn't work. Mm. And then they always tell you like, well, you don't know what they'd be like without the therapy. And you go, OK, OK. OK, I can they see just, that. And it's also as an artist, I, I was acting mostly before I did stand up mm. and like Part of therapy was like, oh, this is like finding more what's in the reserves, what's in the tanks, what am I connected to, like artistically. So sometimes I come up with like, you know, a utilitarian basis for an emotional thing. And yeah. that forces me to actually do the emotional work. Interesting. That's kind of how I looked at it originally. I love that Sagar is just staring off. Are you, are you, are you having a flashback? I mean, I, I'm so into, th I mean, I'm just thinking there's so many things in therapy that are hard to articulate. Uh, what the effect has been. I was just mm. getting into that in my head. I, I mean, just along the lines of, of someone else being a witness to, I mean, there, there were things about that happened in my family that I had kind of had to grapple with on my own, really fucked up things and, you know, adultery, alcoholism. And, I, and then to have a therapist hear all that and be like, yeah, that's fucked up. That's awful that you had to go through that. And I kind of knew it was bad, but just to have somebody else confirm all of these feelings inside that I didn't really know what to do with. And, just to, and, and, and even just for someone to just send some love into the confusion of, yeah, it's, it's okay that you're confused and really weird about all this because it's a fundamentally weird kind of set of circumstances that mm -hmm. you've had to deal with. And even just, and, then, and I think that's kind of the most powerful, they say the aspect of therapy is, is you're, you're developing your relationship you're using this therapist to model what a relationship is in, in life, you know? So you're building that intimacy with another person, right? Yeah. As, as a good, like, practice ground. It's like, you know those therapists that have sex with their patients? I, I always wanted to have one of those. What? As a weird uh, uh, segue, but it's kind of like that, but for remote, you know, like, people who have a hard time with sexual anxiety or have sure. sexual anxiety. There's, I've heard rumors that there's shrinks out there who will fuck you. In order to work through your... And, and to me, that sounded like the greatest thing ever. So, because the example, know. sex is one of those things that you only deal with with you and maybe the one other person there. And like yeah. you never have someone to be like, hey, here's a way you could look at it that could make everything better or... Yeah, an actual expert PhD that I'm attracted to, you know, not, not a glorified prostitute or something. But anyway, long story short, that... I mean, it's an emotional version of that. It's Wait, like a real-time She's got to have her PhD on the bedstand <laughs> so you feel like it's not prostitution. See, that's the type it, of it, therapy it'll, it'll I would be go tattooed, to. Wait, you know, so this is like actual <laughs> interactive... Inter yeah, you have a copay tattoo on the, on, the, on, the, on the tramp stamp. Yeah, you sign it with the... <laughs> wow. Wait, so wait, so I, I, I think I left my body for a moment. So you're saying there's actual 
sex therapy with the therapist? Or? I've heard, and then briefly I Googled it, to, and then it, it was just a bunch of rotten sites. <laughs> it was you know, just but, porn. Uh, I was like, are you sure that wasn't just porn? No, it sounds, legit. it sounds like that's a thing. I mean, I'm sure it, it has to be like under the table and... I mean, I mean I, I'm I, sure I, there are there must be erotic <laughs> kind of experiential, I don't know, erotic coaches or something that exists in that. I mean, oh I know God. I know that they exist, but I, I'm just trying to think like this is this is a copay from my Oxford. Like I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, among like the millionaires that live in this city, there's an entire underground like you could pay tens of thousands of dollars for whatever you want, you know. Right, it but it's not therapy. Exists. It's sex, a sex worker. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's not like a yeah. sex worker with a social work degree. <laughs> well, you know, if you make enough money as a sex worker, then you maybe you feel compelled to get your PhD and, and right. expand your uh, uh, service repertoire. Right. I don't know. Your portfolio. You're diversifying your portfolio <laughs> right. as a sex worker. Right. 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 Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that was. I'm sort of staring at this space at you. That was amazing. What called you guys to comedy? Um, well, for me, I started stand up because uh, I didn't go to L.A. for acting or anything. I went to I, I went to L.A. because I was chasing a girl who wanted to be a model Ooh. and she was a model in St. Louis and she did all the runway shows. She came to L.A. and I was like, don't go without me. And I chased her to Los Angeles and um, she quickly found out that St. Louis models are different than L.A. models. <laughs> Like she was a 10 in St. Louis, but like a strong five in L.A. <laughs> strong five. <laughs> and so I needed money. So I ended up, long story short, I ended up having a TV show on BET for a while. And uh, I used to do the radio interviews. And they're like, you're funny. Tell us a joke. And I never had a joke. So I wrote like my first joke, which is really awful. I'll say it. Uh, I knew to L.A. I've been shot at three times. I was, uh, my car got broken to and my place was raw. So well, I in got, L.A.? In this L.A. In and I got that taken care of and I broke up with that girl. Like, that was, like, my first stupid joke. <laughs> Thank. So that funny. led to me writing more jokes. And then I was like, this is actually kind of fun. But then I took three years off because, I like, the first three years, I was awful. I was like, there's no way this is my calling. Like, this was the worst. But then I started playing on the comedy store in L.A. has a basketball team. And I became really good friends with, like, Brent Morin and Ari Shafir, Adam Santino. Like, these are my friends. We play basketball together. They're like, Willie, you need to get back into it. So got back into it, started like writing, got stronger, and that's kind of my short story of stand up. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Through bas through through b ball, I guess. Through but through basketball. Did I say basketball? Did I pronounce that correctly yeah, from my gay universe? <laughs> b ball. B ball. Are you still playing with them? Uh, no, they they don't play anymore. They they've blown up, and they're like, we are not injuring ourselves. Oh, sure. At all. But yeah, I play with Adam Devine. Adam Devine is garbage at basketball. Um, <laughs> who else is pretty bad? Like I don't know if y'all ever watched New Girl, but uh, the, there was the black guy coach, Lamorne yeah, Morris. Yeah. Oh, okay, awful at basketball. Oh. Brent Morin and Andrew Santino. I don't know if y'all know the, them. They're actually really good. Like they played AAU ball and, but yeah, they don't play anymore because they all got TV shows and stuff now. So yeah. just me. Wow. Okay. Sagar. Uh, I was playing uh, tennis with uh, Chelsea Handler, Wait, actually. Wait, do you play uh, tennis? No, I'm sorry, I do play tennis, yeah. Do, what are you? What are you? <laughs> I'm a 3-5. I'm like a 4-0, but I bet you I'm an out-of-shape 4-0, so we'll we, see. We should hit. I'm serious. I'd love to hit, yeah. No, I love I'm tennis. serious. I have yeah. 21 courts next to my apartment. 4-0 out of 10? What is that? Out of 7. Is that, that just a That's the beautiful ranking? thing about it. This is why tennis is the best sport, the most sophisticated sport, is I can walk up to anyone 
And if someone else is a 4-0, we could have a good game. What is a 4-0? Yeah. It's just, it's just like your level handicap? of play. It's just our le- like 7-0 is a pro. Uh, and then like 6-0 is like an amateur pro. And then 5-0 is like a D1 college player. What is that, though? You could get rated by a pro, like a, a tennis they tutor. They hit with you. They watch you. Like, have you been to Total Tennis up in Socrates? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you know. So you so it's like yeah, a yeah. this is like serious. Like We're this, gonna, is, this will this, be a tennis podcast for the rest. This is gonna be a tennis podcast for the rest. Like Djokovic and I are like way back. You know, like I, I have like the shoes, I got the the branded what no, these aren't his shoes, but I have two pairs of his at home. Um but yeah, I come from a tennis family. So I'm like all in, even though I didn't play yeah. it in high school because I went into theater. But oh, okay. at, my brother still ranked me just now finally having fun doing it because I once I became a comedian I'm like fuck this I want to do whatever the fuck I want but until then I I, I couldn't so did you you were raised with it I, I wasn't I mean your brother I imagine was probably forced well my I mean, dad you, you this, can't get that good we, in, we unless you're th- forced at three years th- old three, three years yeah. old we have this racket <laughs> with like that's as tall as I am my dad's pounding the ball at us and I can't hit the ball back and my mom's like, this isn't fun. And my dad, it's not about fun. It's about winning. You cannot cover the score until you hit it back. And then like he would say in the first three minutes of your game, or the first, the first 30 seconds, you must strike the opponent in the face. What? Yeah. And I'm like, he's like, do not injure them, but frighten them and destroy their mind. Yeah. And they, my parents, <laughs> a trophy room. They built a trophy room because they fucking killed it. It's so funny. My dad let me quit the swim team because I said the pool was too cold. <laughs> <laughs> because you were lazy. Yeah, I know. Spoiled. I, knew I was lazy and spoiled. I had to find it myself. And now what? You are a joke, joke, joker. Yeah. And you kiss your father on the lips. Wow. <laughs> so you're playing tennis with Chelsea Handler. Wow. Uh, no, no. I, I, I came. I was in L.A. I was uh, trying to get into the industry side of the, the, the biz, right? Uh, mm. The biz, the actual biz, not an artist. And then I, I didn't like that. I came here. I took a finance job, and very quickly I hated it. And I, I, I've always been into funniness, just creating random shit. Like you know, it, I'd make some mo- like short films in college, and always kind of writing ideas down. And then I, I was like, stand up was the one thing at that moment that was available. It was more just out of necessity. It's like, well, I can't quit my job. I don't know who I would work with. Well, I could do stand-up, and that's every night. I don't have to, you know, reshape my life in order to pursue it. And then it kind of just, you know, kept going, you know? And it keeps going. And it keeps going. <laughs> uh, well, it keeps going. I'm just kidding. Uh, I, was, I was an actor mainly. I went to college for musical theater. I took a class at Caroline's one summer. And I always felt like, I was one of those horrible, I'm sure there's millions in LA, just actors who was like, the last hyphen was a stand-up comedian. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I wasn't really. But then I wrote a play, and it had kind of a lot of storytelling and stand-up, and I had a producer friend who was like, that's what you should be doing. And I took like a hard right turn three years ago, and like within a couple months, I was like, I never thought actor would be something I did, secondary or tertiary, but then... Uh, stand-up became kind of number one. And it's just, the business is so, show business is so hard. You, ha- you end up gravitating towards the thing you're best at. And I don't know whether I'm a good comic or not, but within my skill set, it's the thing that I'm best at. And you just have to because the business is too hard to do the thing that you're like, well, I want to be the best at this. You go to the thing that when you do it, people come up to you after and they go, oh, that was good. And I love to do it. 
So now it's like, it's just the way my mind works writing wise. I kind of, I'm obsessive, but I'm all over the place and stand up lets me kind of just bounce around ideas. Mm. And I find it very artistically fulfilling. And uh, so I still act on the side, but that's how it was kind of performance doing horrible plays and being like, I can write something funnier than this. And uh, now it's just stand-up. Well, Again. if your stand-up uh, continues to take off, you will have no choice but to act more at that stage. Right. Sure, right. sure. Right. But I'll... I'll which you, you'll be equipped. I'll you'll be, be equipped, you'll be which equipped is nice. For it. But we're, we're going to do... A, we're going to have to... I want to do a thing, a tennis celebrity comedy thing. Oh, okay. So we got, we'll have to You're talk. Need a celebrity, I want headsets though. and like pair yeah. up with like Djokovic and... Nadal or whoever, and I'd do like a charity them. thing. Yeah, but with yeah, comics with headsets snarking, and we can play them. It would be, it would be amazing. Yeah, what do they, they call them? Uh, hitting giggles. Is it what's it called? Yeah, it's like some charity. It's like some mixed doubles, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elton John's involved, usually. Yeah. Oh, oh okay, good. Yeah. Oh. oh, well, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I know my awesome. uh, charity tennis people. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now, now we, we, I'm ex- we, we do need to wrap as the, all this other technical stuff coming in. But how, how will people find you? How do they find you on, on uh, social media? How do they find you? Um, find me everywhere. Willie Mack, W-I-L-L-I-E-M-A-C-C. Two C's. Okay, so, Willie Mack. Everywhere. Okay. Yep. Uh, I'm on Instagram. That's my only mode of social media. S A G A R B O T. Take right. Follow me right now. You're the only person that can do it. <laughs> You're the my only, only one that's hope. listening. That's Just a comedian. He doesn't give a shit. Oh, about he is. Here. Okay. Oh, I know him. He's fine. <laughs> Follow me anyway. Uh, cool. Um, that's it. Yep. I'm at Willie Mac with one C, <laughs> and I'm holding on to it until this motherfucker. <laughs> is it Willie Mac one C hyphen <laughs> avocado <laughs> lover? I unfortunately I just. John Marco Cerezi. It's so my full name, G-I-A-N-M-A-R-C-O-S-O-R-E-S-I. I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, all the best tonight. Have a great set. Have a great time with Roast. And you guys, thank you so much for being part of WTY Podcast. I'm Rich Campco. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you. WTY. It's a comedy journey. 